Hello and welcome in to a late night emergency podcast version of the Denver Nuggets daily podcast. As you have been hearing my voice far too often recently, you know that I am TJ McBride, the host of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, powered by Mile High Sports. Um, We've been putting out a ton of podcasts recently, and now looking at the clock, it is now 1 a.m. I have just put together my article that is published on Mile High Sports about Jamal Murray's five-year max contract extension worth $171 million. Um, Go ahead and read that piece on milehighsports.com. Click that Nuggets icon in the top right corner, and you'll see it right there on that front page. There is all kinds of good stuff in that article, Um, kind of prefacing just the gamble the Nuggets are making by by giving Jamal Murray this gigantic contract extension how they're kind of doubling down on their patience, which has become an identity of this team and how my view of this deal really kind of is. I also wanted to do this in podcast form just to kind of be able to give those multiple different angles of it. And for some reason, whenever I talk verbally like this, I for some reason kind of stumble myself into different topics that I may have missed in the article itself. So I definitely wanted to do this as well. I know it's really late. I know you probably won't read this until the morning of July 1st, sometime way later than this. Um, But still, I wanted to make sure I got this up when I could because there is so much to digest from this deal. I won't be able to cover everything about this deal just because so much of it will come down to how things play out in the long term. But this is going to be kind of my initial reactions to what happened. So I'm going to run down just the details of the trade, where the Nuggets are currently at. Um, I'm going to talk about why it made sense for the Nuggets and what kind of led to this decision happening. We'll talk about briefly if uh, why he was worth it or if he was worth this max contract, where that kind of lines up before jumping into, yeah, five. Five different questions I got from listeners for the podcast as well. Very good questions for this one. Thanks to everyone who reached out for that as well. So it's going to be a fun, probably kind of quick, but good podcast. Um, lots of interesting parts of this. Before we go any further, though, I got to give a quick shout out to the Regulators Production Group. You guys got to go check them out at Regulators Regime on Instagram. They do great audio production work. When we were talking about beats, he was like, man, I got grimy New York stuff. I got upbeat LA stuff. Whatever you're looking for, for your kind of vibe, I can facilitate and that person that i am talking about is rod simba on instagram r-o-d-s-y-m-b-a he is one of the members of the regulators production group so go follow them regulators regime for all of your audio production needs additionally like i said earlier the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast is pi- powered by Mile High Sports. That is where you will see it is on milehighsports.com and on the Mile High Sports Spreaker page. Additionally, the benefactor of this show is Terrapin Care Station. It's the best place for all of your cannabis goods in the Denver metro area. So before we go any further, here's a few words from Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are 
are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Let's just start with the basics, which is the details of this extension for Jamal Murray. So earlier in the day, on July or on June 29th, Sham Sharani of The Athletic came out and said that the Denver Nuggets had begun conversations with Jamal Murray's representation about a, about a contract extension. There was no mention of the amount of years, the amount of money, or whatever was going into the extension. But a little bit later, talk about 10.30 at night in Mountain Time. Time, it came out that the Denver Nuggets had extended Jamal Murray for a full max contract extension, which will pay him $171 million. Well, there's some dispute about exactly how much the overall number will be. The issue with it is, is that that's the, the cap for 2020-21, when Jamal Murray's deal will kick in, has not been confirmed yet. They literally just, I'm, I'm talking 18 hours ago from when I started this podcast, actually put out the cap number for this season. So people are going off of projection. So Mark, uh, so um, Bobby Marks, who is significantly smarter than me, has, has a $170 million deal. If you go off the raw $117 million deal with 8% increases starting at 25% of the cap, Jamal Murray will end up making a $171,598,078 um, total in his contract. So the way that my math worked, and Bobby Marks, again, is within a percent of this. I mean, this is very interchangeable depending on what number you use, but the numbers I have in front of me are Jamal will make 29 uh, $29,250,000 in year one, $31,590,000 in year two, $34,117,000 in year three, $36,847,000 in year four, and then nearly $40 million in year five for an annual salary. And again, that will add up to about $170 million, depending on who you talk to. This deal will not kick in for this season. Jamal Murray is still on the last year of his rookie deal right now and will be until next season comes so literally one year from now july 1st of next year jamal murray's contract extension will kick in so he does not have that extension right now um, what that also means is that the nuggets now have jamal murray under team control for the next six seasons they have the last year of his rookie uh, deal for this year and then five more years from that point forward um, that means the nuggets are pretty much locked into this core nikola Jokic has four more years on his contract Contract. Gary Harris is at three more years, and then they have the one last year with Paul Millsap for the contract that they picked up, his team option that earlier this uh, this offseason, whether you call it free agency or pre-agency period. So that's kind of the details of where the Nuggets are at in that sense. So 
Let's talk about why it makes sense for the Nuggets to agree to this deal already with Jamal Murray. A lot of this, uh, a lot of the contention with the deal has come down to the timing of it, and I'll talk about that a little bit later when I get into those listener questions. But from the sounds of things, and from what I have been told from sources in the Nuggets organization, is that the Nuggets were never planning to haggle over this deal. They knew that there was going to be a max contract offer sheet out there and restricted free agency if they let him get that far anyway. So it kind of just felt like a max contract was inevitable. So instead of haggling over it and making things difficult, the Nuggets just got down to it and offered them the deal early on in free agency and moved on and kept things happy and kept things moving forward. Like, why wait and let him get to a, be, becoming a restricted free agent? All of a sudden, there's a max offer out there. You have to match it, and you're right where you were anyway if you would have just given him a max contract on July 1st like the Nuggets did. Also, don't forget what happened with the whole Otto Porter situation. Otto Porter was offered a very strange contract. I believe it was by the Nets, where it was like 60% of his annual salary was to be paid before October 30th, which was to start the season. There were these like really ridiculous stipulations that were involved in the contract because Otto Porter was a restricted free agent, and to make his team that much less likely to actually match the offer, they made the con- the contract even more difficult to deal with. So now that the Nuggets are just done and have the contract done and the extension done, they do not have to worry about a another team making their lives more difficult. Essentially what I'm saying is Denver just kind of cut the bullshit. Like there's just nothing to worry about with this anymore. The Nuggets literally gave them what they thought that he was worth. They gave him what they thought he would command on the open market and they did so in the most effortless and easy way possible. Now they can go into the 2019-20 season with no looming uncertainty over uh, Jamal Murray's head. There's no worrying about where his contract will be or what will happen in restricted free agency. There's no need to haggle. That uncertainty not being there is a big deal. And the other big part of this is the Nuggets learned clearly learned a lesson from the Utah Jazz who obviously lost Gordon Hayward to the Boston Celtics, and there was a lot of conversation as to why. The overall idea was that Gordon Hayward got frustrated with the fact that they lowballed him and during his extension talks with Utah and then allowed him to get to restricted free agency, and that kind of just left a sour taste in his mouth in how they viewed him as a player and how important he was to them. The Nuggets did not do that. They did not lowball Jamal Murray. They gave him the max. There was no forcing him into the uncomfortable world of restricted free agency where everything is out of your hands. Jamal Murray is now happy going into the offseason for what is his most important offseason and one of and the Nuggets' most important offseason in probably a decade, ready to go with a continuity that's understood. Everybody knows what the role is on this Nuggets team. Everyone knows who's coming back and how things are going to function. That continuity Continuity is a big deal for this Nuggets team because the rest of the league is in complete and utter upheaval right now. The Nuggets are one of the only squads who is not in complete and utter upheaval, which is going to be a gigantic advantage for them. And this signing Jamal Murray to this max contract, uh, this max contract extension, I should say, that is keeping that continuity strong and it is keeping that advantage in play for the Nuggets. 
Now the next question would be, was Jamal or was is will Jamal Murray end up being worthy of this contract? And this is kind of what I have come up with in the you know the first few hours after digesting this deal as it has come through actually less two hours um, since this deal has been known publicly. And the way I feel is right now, I do think it's an overpay as things currently stand. A player who averages 18, four and five on very average efficiency shooting with some pretty bad defense is not a max player on paper. I fully understand that, but what the Nuggets see is a bonafide second star that can play with Nikola Jokic, who was first team All-NBA center this year, a guy who is still just 22 years old, a guy who has already shown that they can improve and that they are a gym rat and that the passion for the game is there. He has an incredible relationship with Michael Malone, their head coach, who has consistently gotten the best out of every roster that he has coached. Additionally, on top of that, they ha- he has a comfort with his teammates beyond Nikola Jokic, whether it's being good friends with Gary Harris, whether it's running around with Monte Morris, whatever it is, he has that connection. There are just so many reasons to believe that Jamal Murray will continue to get better. If he doesn't get better, this contract will be an overpay. There, it's a, it's the, it just is what it is. If Jamal Murray stays as an 18-5-5 and on average efficiency with some pretty bad defense, this is going to be an overpay. But if he can get marginally better defensively, if he can eliminate the cold streaks and the inconsistency from his offensive game, if he can get better and tighter with his handles, if he can continue to grow as a facilitator, which all of these things are within his grasp of improvement, this deal could eventually look like a bargain. I know that it seems like a lot of money, but don't forget the cap is expanding. The cap was $109 million this year. It's projected to be $117 million next year, and then $125 million a year after that. That's more than a 9% raise, and which is more than the 8% raise that Jamal Murray gets on his max contract. So this contract is going to appreciate in value in terms of its overall value to other teams around the league if things got bad. So I do not think that that Jamal Murray is going to make this contract look awful. It could look like an overplay, but there is a very real opportunity for him to be able to work out through this contract, bet on himself, actually grow and get better and turn this into a bargain because Jamal Murray has that level of talent to be able to do so. We'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a very interesting path for him. We aren't going to be able to speculate anything until we just see him for the next couple years, but He's got six years. That's a long time for a 22-year-old who has shown some extreme level of gifts and skill on a basketball court and to not expect him to get better. So we'll wait and see, but I do expect Jamal Murray to eventually, at some point, make this contract worthwhile, even if it takes three, four years. Let's get into what is bound to be the most interesting segment of this show, which is also my favorite, as you guys know, which is answering questions from listeners from the show. I take questions off of Twitter. I usually put it up on Instagram as well. I did not do that tonight just because it was so much later and I put the whole ask for questions thing out so late, but normally it's on my Instagram, which is TJ underscore McBride MBA or on my Twitter, which is at TJ McBride MBA. So let's just dive into it. First question comes in from Omar, who is a consistent 
consistent contributor to the show in terms of asking questions. He asked, how necessary was this move? Was this always the plan? This comes down to the timing of it. A lot of people feel like maybe the Nuggets should have tried to get him for a little bit, a little bit below the max. Maybe they didn't do their due diligence to see if they could potentially create a better advantage for themselves. But from what I understand from talking to people in the Nuggets organization is that this was always the plan. They knew that Jamal Murray was going to eventually command a max in the open market, and they were not going to haggle and make this more difficult than it needed to be. Hopefully, this is a sign that Josh Kroenke and the Kroenke family are willing to pay the tax. Because if it wasn't, if the Kroenke's still do not want to pay the tax going into next season, the Nuggets not haggling over the money then does become a problem. The Nuggets are going to have Mason Plumlee and Paul Millsap as unrestricted free agents next season. They will have Malik Beasley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Torrey Craig as restricted free agents next season. And now, after the Nuggets have uh, extended Jamal Murray, they're only going to have between $19.5 and $20.5 million in cap space. That is a lot of moves to do with a limited amount of cap space if you're not willing to go over the tax. If you are willing to go into the tax, then the Nuggets could hypothetically use that $20 million in cap space to sign a player or two in free agency just into their cap and then use their bird rights that they have, which allows you to extend a player that you have had on your team for a certain amount of time over the cap. So they, they then could sign Paul Millsap, Malik Beasley, um, and Wancho Hernan Gomez, I'll just put it that way, if they wanted to, and go into the tax to keep them and to keep their depth on that team. But again, if they're not willing to go into the tax, this deal could be extremely crippling for the Nuggets. That means they will only have the $19 million. Hopefully you get Paul Millsap back for 10 and then you're sitting there hopefully going to sign enough players to stay under the tax but still have enough depth. But again, if you're going to be competing for a title, you need to be willing to spend into the tax to do so and the nuggets are going to hit that wall and that question as soon as free agency of next year so i do think this is always the plan but what comes after this that's going to be the most interesting part um Next question from Adrian Lopez on Twitter was, this means there's no plan B, right? It's this core bust. And essentially, that's exactly what this means. The Nuggets are locked into four more years of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic being their two best players. It would take some serious cap uh, maneuvering to be able to move off of, let's say... Gary Harris, Mason Plumley, and Will Barton to create enough cap space to sign a player. Um, that's tough to open like a near max contract slot now at any point in the next four years. With that being said, the Nuggets still have the assets on their team in a Will Barton, a Mason Plumley, a Paul Millsap, a Gary Harris, a Michael Porter Jr., and players like that that are very valuable in the open market who the Nuggets could then turn into a consolidation-type trade for, let's just hypothetically say, a guy like Bradley Beal. The Nuggets could be like, all right, Paul Millsap has opted in. We're going to put Paul Millsap in a deal. We're going to send him with Jamal Murray, or we're going to send him with Gary Harris, or we'll do Gary Harris and Mason Plumley with multiple picks and MPJ as a sweetener. Those kinds of deals could turn this into a different core pretty quickly. But as things are currently constructed, it does seem like it's this core or bust. And even if the Nuggets did make a big move like that, it would only be one of Jamal Murray or Gary Harris by all intents and purposes. That seems like all they would be willing to part with is one of them for an already elite level talent like a guy like Bradley Beal who averaged 25-5-5 last year on high efficiency over 82 games with strong defense. So it would take a lot 
it would take a very perfect storm of a situation for the Nuggets to move away from this core. So overall, I would say they're pretty much locked into this core, but there are plan B, C's, and D's that are very difficult to put into play potentially. So it's not completely shut, but they're pretty much just 100% in on this core. Um, Next question from Willie Estrada. How do you think this affects Malik and Wancho getting extended? That's It's a very interesting question, especially from Malik Beasley's perspective for me. If you're Malik Beasley and you don't get minutes your first few years on the team and you watch Gary Harris get paid and you watch Will Barton get paid and you watch Jamal Murray get paid, three guards who are right there in front of you and you just finally had your breakout season and you prove that you can be fantastic in the starting group, you prove that you can shoot the basketball, you prove your athleticism is legit, you prove that you can be a valuable commodity on a playoff team, he... He should feel like he is deserving of a payday, but with the Nuggets already putting so much money towards Jamal Murray, I would be surprised if the Nuggets came in with a big offer for Malik Beasley. Why not just keep the flexibility available for how it is right now? And also, Malik Beasley could would probably rather go to restricted free agency as well. With the Nuggets having so many guards on this roster, there are going to be teams out there who feel like if they put a big enough offer in front of Malik Beasley in restricted free agency that the Nuggets would not be willing to match it so Malik Beasley has a financial gain to wait and he also has and then the Nuggets themselves also have a flexibility advantage to gain by waiting as well so I do expect now Malik Beasley to get pushed to restricted free agency when it comes to Juancho Hernan Gomez it gets even more interesting because now Juancho Hernan Gomez what is going to happen to him after this year if his role is still extremely limited I'm sure there's a team out there who would like to have him um, on their roster, but Wancho is close with Nikola Jokic. Wancho is one of the best teammates in that locker room. Everybody loves Wancho in that locker room. Maybe the Nuggets will now be able to extend him instead of Malik Beasley for a much less amount of money and then see what happens with Beasley as you get into restricted free agency. Again, all of this is extremely fluid. We'll just have to see. But in my opinion, there's less of a chance that Malik Beasley gets signed now as an extension and more of one for Wancho. But that's extremely arbitrary and anecdotal, so we'll have to just wait and see. Two more questions. Almost done here. Um, how would you grade this extension? Uh, this is a very tough one. I think right now, if Jamal Murray stayed as his player for the rest of the time, you would call this a C-minus deal. But the fact that Jamal Murray put together a historically fantastic season for his age and that we have seen how r ridiculous his work ethic is and how passionate about basketball it is and how much he grew in the postseason, I'm going to give it a B-minus for now because Jamal Murray has to get better to justify the deal, but there's plenty of reasons to believe in him. Last question, what does this mean for Denver's future cap space? Um, I wanted to outline this as its own individual question. The Nuggets were in line to have somewhere near $50 million in cap space, depending on, on the cap projections for next season with without anybody signing. So that meant no Jamal Murray, no Malik Beasley, no Wancho Hernan Gomez, no Torrey Craig, no Paul Millsap, no Mason Plumley. Now with Jamal Murray signed, the Nuggets are looking to have between 19 and a half and 20 and a half million dollars in cap space. So they could if they want to go into the tax and are willing to do so, they could use that 20ish million dollars to sign one or two free agents if they wanted to and then use the bird rights on the rest of their free agents that are not named Torrey Craig to the Nuggets do not have bird rights for to sign them into the tax. So the future cap space, it's not great, but it's flexible enough to make things interesting. 
Thank you guys so much for sending in questions, for interacting, for being a part of the Denver Nuggets daily chaos that it has been for the past week, as well as the Mile High Sports coverage of free agency. It's been a lot of fun. It's going to keep going. Um, the by the time you guys are listening to this, I'll probably already be at the Nuggets' first summer league practice. That'll happen on July 1st at about 12.30 in the afternoon. So I'll be down there talking to Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt, and all those people, Jordy Fernandez, who will be the head coach. There will be information coming out afterwards. I might be doing a podcast with Brendan Vote as well, kind of just recapping our thoughts together about what has happened from the Nuggets' perspective as things currently stand. But for now, this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Make sure to go check out the Regulators Production Group on Instagram at Regulators Regime. Make sure to go check out Terrapin Care Station for all of your cannabis goods. They are the presenting sponsor of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. And also, go to MileHighSports.com. That is, this, is, this podcast is powered by Mile High Sports. All of those things help when you give us the clicks, give us the interaction. Go subscribe to this podcast, follow it, leave a review, leave a five-star rating, whatever it is. All those things really do help. But until next time, thank you guys very much for sticking around, and we'll talk to you in the near future.